Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stichowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be a more productive version of yourself. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to join my free Mark Stuchowski Insider Community. Think of it like a Facebook group without Facebook. It's a community where we talk about things they talk about in my Mark Stuchowski Insider Newsletter on the podcast, on social media, basically anything that has to do with productivity and Optimum Performance, it's in the Mark Stuchowski Insider Community. You can join for free by either clicking the link in the show notes or by going to my website, mrproductivity.com, and clicking the link at the very top of the page. Today on the show, Serena Sabala. She is a certified plant-based nutrition consultant, yoga teacher, and fitness trainer who has studied the subject of nutrition for over 10 years and has a unique holistic approach to health the wellness. A credible, credible episode here with lots of practical things you can do today to improve your health and wellness, especially if it's not where you want it to be. So here we go. Serena, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here, Mark. Well, we originally talked back in December of 2019, and one of the reasons why I'm super excited about having you on the show is you're all about plant-based nutrition, and I decided on a whim to go uh, go vegetarian last November. I don't know what possessed me. Um, I just decided, I told my wife, I'm going to go vegetarian, and I did eat meat three times. I had Thanksgiving uh, I had something for Christmas and then two days after Christmas, but ever since then, no meat whatsoever. And I'm fascinated to talk to you because that's all you do. And so why don't you talk about a little bit why we should consider going to a primarily plant-based uh, diet? Yeah, well, first of all, well done on, on this shift that you've made in your life. It's uh, It's brilliant to hear that you've managed to transition and although you've had meat a couple of times which I don't think it, there's absolutely anything bad about that it's great that you've been able to stick with it for this long that's uh, that's awesome well done to you thank you um the reason why I advocate and by the way I don't I I don't advocate necessarily uh advoc- I don't advocate going 100% plant based although I eat a a fully plant-based diet and my husband does as well and we've been doing it for over seven years now uh but what i what i tend to emphasize is shifting in that direction to whatever extent one feels comfortable doing at this moment in time because i realize that not everyone is prepared to make a full transition um and so even if you can even if you can just increase the amount of uh, fruit, vegetables, and whole grains that you currently eat in your diet, you will already start getting huge benefits from it. And of course, we have to get rid of the processed foods that we've become so accustomed to in our world. A hundred percent. So it's kind of, I, I, because I am a little bit of a glass half full kind of girl, <laughs> <laughs> I like to, I like to shift the emphasis on the things that people should be eating more of and should be increased the consumption of rather than demonizing the foods that we know are not good for us, processed foods, in particular the processed meat and refined carbohydrates and sugars. But if you focus more on what you can eat more of, you are more likely to embrace the transition and feel less deprived. 
the reason why I do believe that a plant-based diet is optimal for longevity, for optimal health and well-being, and this comes not only from my own personal experience studying the subject of nutrition for very many years, but also my own personal experience in life, is because plant foods are uh, highest in macronutrients and micronutrients, which are the really important uh, things. Those are really the things the body needs. The body doesn't think in terms of calories. It, it thinks in terms of nutrients. So it wants, it needs to meet a minimum amount of all the macro and micronutrients uh, that it needs to perform its daily functions. And so the more plants you eat, the more nutrients you eat. And at the same time, and this is the beauty of it, plant-based foods contain, generally speaking, the least amount of calories and also the, they contain no cholesterol. They contain the least amount of fat and saturated fat. So when you shift towards eating more plants, you will get organically less calories and more nutrients, which tends to lead to not only better health, but to you know, better weight management uh, and and more satisfaction, generally speaking. Well, I can tell you that I the, the big turning point for me was someone told me, I had a guest on my show called The Skeptical Vegan last November, I believe. It was before I went vegetarian. And he told me about this movie called The Game Changers. And I watched the movie and I was convicted. But one of the things that really stuck out for me in the movie was they were talking to one of the, the, the people on the show and they said, have you ever seen a cow eat another cow or a chicken right. eat meat? No, what they do is they eat vegetables, which people who are meat eaters, and I don't hate carnivores. I'm like, hey, I, I'm a vegetarian. There's more meat for you. But it's better to remove the animal. That way you go you're eating the plant directly from the source instead of through the meat of the animal. 100%. And this is a great point. And it's also the point that dispels the myth that uh, we need, for for instance, we need uh, to consume milk for, for calcium or that we need to consume fish for omega-3 uh, or that we need uh, to eat animals in, or, in order to get our B12s. Because the truth of the matter is, is that uh, all animals get all of these substances from the plant world. And so the only reason why you get them from the animals is because you got them, they got them from the plants first. So yes. you can cut out the middleman and go straight to source. Yes. And I can tell you, because you mentioned about feeling better, when I'm a daily runner, so we recorded this yesterday on April 22nd. It came out today, April 23rd. So as of yesterday, I've run at least one mile a day for 968 days in a row. Hopefully, listener, when you're listening to this episode, I've made 969. I didn't get abducted by aliens or something like that. But I can tell you, since I went vegetarian, my runs are much easier. Now, I'm going to be fully transparent here on my show and say I still have a problem with processed foods. I like to, I like the ice cream and I have really gotten really hardcore against uh, uh, cookies and all that stuff because my doctor told me many years ago, if it's not in the house, you're not going to get in the car and drive to the store and buy it. But I still have some problems with processed foods. Now, Kind of a blessing, air quotes here, blessing with this COVID-19 we're going through is the fact that, you know, you don't go out to eat as much. And so 
because I'm eating more at home, I'm tending to eat more healthier meals, and I'm really hoping that maintains after this COVID-19 passes us. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I want thank you for being transparent. And I know that you are not alone because I hear this so much and so often in my practice. And uh, uh, processed foods are, um, well, first of all, they can be quite convenient mm-hmm. at a certain moment in times, and that's why they can become some pretty deeply embedded habits that are quite hard to overcome because the convenience aspect is undeniable. It takes a minute to stick something in the microwave, <laughs> whereas preparing food from scratch tends to be a little bit more laborious, and that's that's a fact. The other thing to bear in mind with processed foods and the reason why they are so hard to give up is is that they are not manufactured with the intention of you eating them in moderation. They are actually manufactured with the sole purpose of you eating as much of them as possible and getting hooked on them if possible too, you know? So we need to remember that although obviously it is food and it looks like food, the recipes are really scientifically studied and created and manufactured to get to stimulate the dopamine centers in such a way that you will get so much pleasure from them that first of all once you start eating them it's very hard to stop yes and secondly you almost become somewhat addicted to that stimulation uh, and this is a fact of science you know in the, in the research has been made that shows that they stimulate the brain in such a way that it's very similar to to drugs almost, and I don't want to sound extreme, but that's that's really how it works. Mm-hmm. Because we've got to remember that the body was developed through millions of years living in the wild, uh, where when you come across a food that is packed with a lot of calories in very small volume, which tends to be the case for processed food, uh, that's actually a massive win because imagine when you're in the wild uh, food is actually quite scarce and it and yes. it doesn't come about as easily as it does today and also just to survive one day from sunrise to sundown you're expending way more energy in the wild than we do in these days and age so the body is constantly driven by these deeply embedded instincts and forces which are millions of years old and are actually designed for good purpose to keep us alive, uh, which drive us to really consume as much as possible of the foods that contain as many calories as possible in the smallest amount of of volume, uh, because it thinks that that's better for us and that will keep us alive. Now, what it hasn't had a time to adjust itself to is the fact that our modern living is very different from what we had been used to for millions of years and so now we don't spend as much calories moving about we we have cars and drive-throughs and escalators and mm-hmm. machines that, that do all the hard work for us but our instincts are still there and our instincts still think that we're in the wild and that's why with processed food it becomes really hard is because you almost need to rationalize and overcome these deeply embedded drives and instincts that are uh, as old as as the the human race. Very true, and uh, thank you for saying that. But when you're talking there, you know, I, I imagine a listener 
listening to our conversation and they're going to go, okay, Serena, you got me convinced. I have been eating fast foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I've been eating all this processed foods, but how do I change? How do, how do I make this gradual change you're talking about? Because I, I don't know where to start. So talk to that person who's listening to you right now who really wants to make a change to the better. You've convinced them by what you said so far on the show. What are some easy, simple things they could do? Because I'm really, I'm really a big fan of simplicity because I believe if someone does something simple, they get momentum on their side, then they're going to start down that path. So what are one or two things that they can do right away that's going to get them going in the right direction? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. The key, and this is where most people get it wrong, is, is that they get this burst of excitement because they've heard a podcast such as this one, of the read a book, of the watch a documentary like yours, and they decide to go all in at the deep end all at once, and they tr- try and change too much too quickly, uh, which is what I call the New Year resolution syndrome. Mm. Uh, after the indulgences of Christmas, everybody feels a little bit overwhelmed <laughs> and 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 uh, a little bit down. So they're like, "Oh no, this is the year that I'm gonna that I'm gonna change it all." And so they set themselves up for failure by creating a new regime which is so dramatically and exponentially different from what they're used to that it's literally painful to maintain and to endure. So they use their willpower to stick with it for as long as they can, but inevitably a couple of weeks in, they are overwhelmed, exhausted, burnt out. Some of them are even injured, (laughs) to be honest, (laughs) from going too hard into training. And so inevitably they give up when actually it is way more effective and it's going to yield way greater results to take small little steps in a new direction. And this could be as simple as starting to introduce more fruit and vegetables into their eating routines as a side. So if you're having a snack uh, rather than have a chocolate bar, well, I, I, what I would recommend doing is have a smaller size chocolate bar and then also have an apple or an orange or a banana so so that your taste buds can start getting used to eating more wholesome foods, but you're not feeling the radical side effects of giving up on of the on these substances all at once, you know, because you really get withdrawal, especially with things like sugar and caffeine yep. and things like that. And or for an instance, if you're having a lasagna for lunch, make sure you have a, a, a salad first as an appetizer, and then go ahead and, and and eat your lasagna. So make small, incremental, gradual, sustainable improvements that you you that don't feel too overwhelming and don't feel too daunting because that in the long term we start building the momentum needed and yes. we to yield profound transformation yeah and i will tell you, you you talk about small transformations one of the things i did i think last october in october 2019 i read a book about how you get so much more energy if you just drink water that's all you do is you drink water mm. because when you drink water, your body doesn't have to break it down. Your body knows what to do with water. But when you have any other beverage, whether it's alcohol or soda or pop, as some parts of the world ta- say it, or coffee, then your body's got to break that down, which takes energy. So I decided I'm going to try to drink just water 
every day and see how long it can go. Well, I'm like, well, I haven't drinking anything but water since October. And the, the key is if you're going to drink water, you got to find water you like. So if you don't like your tap water, go invest in a good quality water. And that's literally all I drink. When I go to church, I bring my little water bottle with me. If I go out to run, I bring my water bottle with me. I always have water with arm's length. Even right now, as we're recording this episode, an arm's length away from me is my water. And you want to, you, your body only has so much energy. To, to help you, whether you're going to be productive, you're going to run a marathon, whatever you're going to do. And, and so if you give your body the things it needs, whether it's water or like you're talking about fruits and vegetables, that's stuff your body needs. And it doesn't have to work mm-hmm. as hard. But if you give it processed foods, now imagine it's got to go through that like that donut and it's got to try to find what's the one molecule in here I could use and the rest of the stuff it gets rid of. That takes a lot of energy from the body. And that's why you should eat more uh, more wholesome foods because your body doesn't have to right. work as hard. Right. 100%. Uh, you're absolutely right. And by the way, drinking more water is massive. For, for health and well-being, first of all, because uh, water is a macronutrient. It's actually something that we need to get daily and because the body needs it to perform all its daily activities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and one other tip to acquire the taste for, for water, if you don't have it, is you can make it flavored. You can put fruits, uh, yes. oranges, lemons, mints in the water to just add a little flavor. But it needs to be natural flavor because the moment you start adding additives to the water, in, <laughs> yep. including including caffeine, uh, you know, the problem with coffee is, is that the caffeine is highly dehydrating. So yep. actually, every time you have a coffee, you're going to have to drink double the amount in water just to make up for its dehydrating effect. Now, say that again, because I don't think people realize that for every cup of coffee you have, how many many glasses of water do you have to have? So if you have, say, a cup that is, I don't know, in ounces, but say it's 500 ml of of coffee, you're going to have to have one liter of water to to replace all the water that you've lost from that cup of coffee. See, people don't know that. When I read that a couple months ago, I was floored. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Now, I've never been a coffee drinker. I don't drink alcohol. It's just not my thing. But when I heard that, I'm like, oh, my goodness, because because what you said, the coffee – sucks up the water so you got to replace the water it sucked up and then on top of that and i don't think people understand that that water your body is made up of what 70 percent water so water is kind of important thing yes it's fundamental it's fundamental in fact we can go without food for months and months and months we could only survive without water for days not even a full week i don't think so that's how fundamental it is and let me tell you this as well Drinking more water. First of all, sadly, most adults in the Western world live in a chronic state of dehydration without even being aware of it. And one of the greatest side effects of being dehydrated is that you eat more. Uh, So water is actually brilliant for regulating your appetite because Mm. what happens is, is that the body is constantly signaling you that it needs this water but if you're not giving it to it, it's sending the signal and you might interpret the signal as it needing food when actually what it's really asking for is water. So one easy tip that I give to our shifters in order to gradually increase the, the amount of water that they drink is before you eat anything else at all, have a small glass of water. 
even if it's a handful of trail mix or a cracker or a snack, just whatever you put in your mouth before you eat, make sure you drink a glass of water. That's really important. Yeah. And then if you're really hungry, by all means, continue with the snack, continue with the meal, but make sure that you're curbing your thirst first, uh, because that will help you kind of become more attuned as to when you're thirsty as opposed to when you're hungry. I'll tell you what I do. I always go to bed with a 30-ounce container of Arctic, an Arctic container full of water. And what I've been trying to remember to do now, because I've read someplace else because I'm fascinated by the health of the, the study of water, is when you wake up, you should drink 20 ounces of water first thing because you haven't yes. given your body anything to drink all night long. And it's craving, you, like you just said. You think it's hungry. No, it's it's thirsty. It wants hydration. And so what I've been trying to do is I get up in the morning, I do the bio break, and I come right back and I drink as much water as I can because my body hasn't had water all night. And that's the thing it's craving first thing in the morning. 100%. And when you, uh, when you drink water, which I actually recommend, if possible, not to drink it stone cold from the fridge oh i don't like ice cold yeah. water no not for yeah me. yeah room temperature is better and yes. and if you if you add a few droplets of lemon that's that's even better but when you do it first thing in the morning uh it's possibly the the most important time to do it because you're you're allowing the body to flush out all the toxins that are, have become stagnant during during your sleep and you're also kicking off all the uh, mechanisms such as the elimination process and, and the, your metabolism uh, in, in the healthiest possible way. So that's a great habit to develop for sure. It's it's difficult because I want to literally get my sneakers on and go for a run. But if I'm going to tax my body for a three-mile run first thing in the morning, it needs to be hydrated. Otherwise, I'm, I could have potential health problems down the road. Yeah. And also, you're not going to you're not going to do your best. You're not, you're not going to fulfill your potential when you go for your run, you know? So if you start thinking in terms of the things that you do as to being conducive to getting the best out of what you do or not, then you start thinking, oh, well, if I'm going for a run, I want to get the best out of it. So I might as well do what I know will allow me to get the best out of it. Now, I'm very curious about something because, listener, a little inside baseball here. When somebody gets on my schedule to be interviewed on the Mark Stuchowski podcast, I ask them if they have any suggested questions that they'd like me to answer them. And one of the things Serena wrote that really piqued my interest, and I really want you to dive into this for us, five steps proven methodology to transform your mind-body fitness once and for all. So, Serena, what are these five steps? Because I know my listener wants to hear these as well as I do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so this is the methodology that we were able to develop in our 20 plus years of combined experience. Me and my husband have been working in the health and wellness industry for over 20, 20 years. And we've had the pleasure of transforming the well-being of over 500 professionals across five countries. So we have been able to clearly identify what we believe are the three fundamental pillars of optimal health and well-being. So if you imagine your health and well-being like a tripod, which is a structure with three legs, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what happens to a tripod if even just one of the three legs is a little bit weaker than the others? Oh, it's unstable. It'll probably fall over. Yes, exactly. So sooner or later, it will fall over. And, and this is why 
most individuals, even brilliant uh, professionals who have accomplished great things in their lives, uh, sometimes still struggle to fulfill their potential in their health and well-being. And they come to us, many of them come to us, and they're like, but I think I eat quite well and I, and I work out regularly, so why do I still feel lethargic? Why do I still feel unhealthy? Why am I still getting sick or I don't have energy in the morning? And inevitably, when we dive deep and figure out and, and, and do our assessments and get them to fill out our scorecard questionnaire, inevitably we find that they might be doing some good work on one or even two of the pillars, but nobody has ever created a holistic and bespoke routine which allows them to strengthen all the three pillars systematically at the same time. And so that structure constantly feels unstable, constantly feel wobbly. They take one step forward and 10 steps back. So mm. they never feel like they're really doing 100% well. So I think once you, once, once we've identified the three pillars, then we were like, okay, so then we got to create a strategy that allows them to strengthen all three pillars in a way, which by the way, is going to look very different for, for me as it would look for you or for the listeners. Cause we're all individuals and we're all, we all have different, pro- different preferences and goals, etc. Right. But the bottom line is it needs to strengthen all the three pillars in a way that works for the individual. And so we've come up with these five steps, which if you go through the five steps across all the three pillars, you will achieve what we like to call your new normal, right? Okay. Your new normal is when your health and wellness routine is not just something that you're doing for a period of time to like look good at a wedding or for summer because you were going on holiday and you want to lose a few pounds or because you have a special event. It becomes an extension of who you are. And so these five steps, and I, there's probably not time to delve deep into all of them, but for an instance, the first, the first of the five steps is to move gradually which is precisely what I was talking about before, which is to take small little incremental steps in the right direction. And the second one would be to motivate yourself. Now, this sounds obvious. Of course, you need to motivate yourself. But actually, motivation, it's not a gift. It's a trained skill. You actually need to do daily exercises that allow you not only to achieve the level of motivation that you require, but also more, most importantly, to maintain it for as long as you need to in order to reach your goals. And that doesn't happen spontaneously. People think that motivation happens spontaneously, but actually you've got to train it, and there's, which is great news because it means that if you don't have it, you can do certain things that will, will bring it to you. What I've been telling people for several months now is motivation does not lead to action. Action leads to motivation. (laughs) So many people are like, well, I'm not motivated, so I'm going to wait till I'm motivated to get going. No, you have to get going, and then the motivation will follow. People have it backwards. Yes, 100%. No, you're completely right. And But again, if you leave that to spontaneity, um, unless you have bounce of, of willpower, you're going to find it hard. Actually, the, we know and we have, de- have been able to develop certain um, tools and techniques and ways that you can get going even if you're lacking motivation and that will start sparking the momentum that will therefore keep you motivated. But then you also have to manage your thoughts. And that's another thing that is highly underestimated when it comes to health and wellness. People don't do as much 
mind training because they think it's about the body. But the thing is, the mind and the body are so deeply intertwined and interconnected that if you're just if, if you're just fixing your body as if it was detached from your mind, your mind will get in your way. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Quite literally. So these are kind of some of the things that we empower our shifters with and, and kind of some of the techniques that we use to spark transformation at the root level rather than just superficial temporary change. Yes, and that's exactly why, tying back what we talked about earlier in the episode, you may be at an event and they have a choice of donuts or an apple. Well, your body, you think your body's craving the donut. It's really not. The The body's looking at the apple and going, please choose the apple. But your eyes are going, ooh, that donut looks so delicious. And so, like you talked on point number one, move gradually, okay? Make those small decisions. Instead of having the donut, have the apple, okay? It doesn't matter what you did in the past. I don't have a time machine. You can't go in the past and change what you did. But you can start making decisions from this day forward when you have any kind of – am I going to have water? Am I going to have soda? Am I going to have liquor? Am I going to have water? You get to make these choices. And I want people to, like you said, don't get overwhelmed. Just start making simple choices because when you start making these simple choices, you're going to start feeling better and the momentum is going to be on your side pushing you forward. 100%. And one of the techniques that I share, share with our shifters is to begin with, just set some minimum viable – and and not intimidating, non-conditional kind of guidelines. So for an instance, you can tell yourself, okay, I'll tell you what, breakfast is going to be my sacred meal, which is the meal where I only eat wholesome, unprocessed plant-based foods. Then I'll be more flexible during the other meals, but I will always unconditionally commit to having a nice, wholesome, unprocessed healthy healthy breakfast and already the mind can digest that more easily because it doesn't feel all or nothing it's like okay it's just one meal then i can kind of i can stray off for the other two meals but it's just that one meal and that becomes your sacred time Mm -hmm. and 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 one meal will eventually become two or you could do which is very popular and there's a reason why it's very popular you could say monday is the day where i avoid animal products yeah meatless mondays yep meatless mondays the reason why that's so brilliant is because it's just one day of the week it doesn't feel too intimidating you don't feel deprived but you get to experience what it's like to only eat wholesome plant-based foods once a week and eventually you feel so good for it that maybe you'll be able to do two times a week and so on and so forth yes i i i I thank you for saying that because a lot of people look at me and they're like, you want vegetarian, like, like cold turkey. I'm like, I just felt like doing it, but not saying that's for everyone. Maybe you have to start with meatless Mondays. And then, like you said, go two days and three days. I decided because I'm a productivity nerd. I wanted to see what happens if I just drank water and gave up all meat and I feel great. Now your, your results may vary. I don't know who you are, but start small. That's what Serena is saying. Start small and, and see how you feel. Listen to your body. You can do all the research in the world. Just like you've got a website and there's a billion sites in the website on, on the internet. But here's the thing, listener, what makes you feel good? If you have a salad for lunch, or what I call a big butt salad, which is just a massive salad. And after that, you feel good. Well, then you start saying to yourself, huh, 
man, that felt good. I'm going to try that again. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. don't know until you don't until you try. And so many people, I I used to think, Serena, I hated avocados, right? And my wife mm-hmm. kept telling me, you know, let me make you avocado toast. And I'm like, avocado is this green paste. Oh, and and the bread we have here, we have to we have to pay extra for our bread because, as you know, in America, for reasons I don't understand. Well, I guess I do understand because it's addicting. They put sugar in bread. Well, my wife mm-hmm. and I get 100% organic, no preservative bread. You have to keep this bread in the freezer because it will spoil. And she said, well, let me let me try it. So she, what she does, she makes the uh, the organic bread with no preservative, with avocado, with scrambled eggs. You know what? It tastes delicious. I, but if I would have just looked at it and go, oh, it's green. What can, what can, what good can come out of a green substance? But you know what? <laughs> I tried it and I love it now. So what I want the listener to understand is, Hey, you know what? Try it. Try meatless Mondays. Maybe it'll make you feel better. You'll have more energy and you'll be more productive. You won't know until you try it. You can read all the articles. You can read all the books, but until you try it, you won't know. A hundred percent. It's fundamental to remain open-minded. And, and actually, that's probably the most powerful thing that you learn from when you when you improve your, your nutrition, etc. You learn new things. You learn to remain open and flexible. And and really, that kind of that that's such a great life skill, you know, because it, it allows you to just embrace life in a new way. And plus, the power of taking better care of yourself goes way beyond simply feeling good in your body you feel better on a mind body spirit level because you realize that you know you're giving the right value to fundamentally what we believe is the most priceless thing you will ever own in this life which is your body like you can't put a price on it Absolutely. Well, Serena, you gave us so much to think about. Uh, I really appreciate all the wisdom you shared with us today. Where can we find out more about you? Because I got a feeling people listen to this episode and they're like, I want to know more. You whet our appetite. Where can we find more about you? Well, the first, uh, the first best thing to do is to find us on social media. Our handle is at Whole Shift Wellness. And, and we are incredibly active both on Instagram, uh, where I share daily tips, uh, healthy food inspiration, fitness tips, motivations, etc. But also what's really great is, is that we're, we've built this lovely Facebook community and we actually have a free group um, that you can join called Make the Shift and especially in these days when due, due to this virus, people have been unable to, uh, you know, participate in their normal fitness activities or it's, it can feel quite isolating to be stuck at home all day. Mm. This group has been thriving. People have been posting a whole sorts of food inspirations. Myself and my husband have been posting regular classes and meditation um, tutorials and so and it's, it's completely free and you can join us. And already you can start getting a sense of what are some things that you could be doing to make small incremental improvements within the realm of a very safe and inspiring and supportive community. I love that. And like I always tell my listeners, hey, listen, we talked a lot about a lot of things on the show today. Just pick one thing that resonates with you and go do it. If you try to do more than one thing, you'll get overwhelmed and you'll quit. And we don't want you to, to quit. So, Serena, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was an absolute delight having you on. Thank you for having me, Mark. Our pleasure. 
And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to MrProductivity.com. Sign up for the free Mark Stuchowski Insider Community. It's just like a Facebook group without the Facebook. There's no ads. There's no tracking. But there's a lot of content there. The Mark Stuchowski Insider Community. You can either click the banner at the top of my website, MrProductivity.com. Or if you're savvy enough, because some people are not, believe it or not, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to the same place. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.